Hello, my name's Patricia, and this is the Poetry Peak Podcast. Remember a while back, we launched Sean O'Connor's book, The God of Bones. Well, everyone on our mailing list was given the chance to sign up for a place in the audience. Albeit, with a limited number of places available, you had to be quick. Some of you weren't quick enough. Some of you couldn't make the date. And unbelievably, some of you didn't have the chance to sign up because you're not on the mailing list. So you know what you have to do, don't you? You can go to the website, it's very easy. And going forward, there'll be more opportunities available, but they will only be offered to the poets on the mailing list. Anyway, my point is not everyone got to the reading or the Q&A. We've already heard the reading on the podcast and I'll guide you to it in the show notes, so do go and check them out if you haven't heard it. And now you can hear the questions that poets and writers asked of Sean, and his answers, of course. Quite probably, there are questions you might like to have asked. Almost certainly, there are answers that will help with your own writing. I do hope so. Listening to Sean has certainly helped me, not just to improve my craft, but to not be afraid to write in my own voice, do let me know what you think. Just one reminder this time, have you put your poem in the comments for this month's Poetry P video prompt on Poetry P's YouTube channel? As you know, Linda reads them all and you might be featured on the podcast and in the Poetry P journal. But you'll definitely have your work seen by hundreds of your contemporaries do take part. The more, the merrier. So here are a few questions from our live reading with Sean O'Connor. And as a treat, at the end, he's going to read my favourite piece from The God of Bones. If I could write a piece, the quality of that, I would die happy. If you'd like to know who the questioners are, because it's not always clear, check out the show notes and the answers will be there. So, let's go meet Sean and some of our audience. I thoroughly enjoyed the, the readings, uh, Sean. The, 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 your words are wonderful. Um, but particularly in the piece called Hand, was it called Hands? Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, I felt that I was listening to a poem. And... I mean, would you call that a poem or do you think of a, a hyphen and a haiku as being something different from a poem or is it all poetry? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I you noticed... <laughs> yeah. Get your teeth into that one. <laughs> I have a simple answer. I notice people call haiphen poems yeah. uh, all the time now, and uh, I'm slightly reluctant to call them poems because they are prosometric forms which is a combination of prose and poetry so because it's a combination not entirely one or the other uh, so I'm never really sure I just call them high one and hope for the best yeah. uh, I gotta say though it in in, J- in Japan where this form originated 400 years ago there's never been that clear distinction between prose and poetry of a long history of over a thousand years of combining particularly waka or tanka, as we call them, with prose before it. That's a very old tradition going back to medieval times. So I think Westerners like to distinguish between prose and poetry. But in other parts of the world, that distinction is much more blurred. 
So I don't mind, I'm happy that you think it's poetic. <laughs> I'm not sure where all my work is, but I kind of pretty much thought that's what you'd say. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, does it? But I just kind of wondered if you had a view on it. <laughs> well, I, I'm uneasy. I'm I sit on the fence a little bit because I'm not so uh I don't know what the word is. Uh for me it's not really cut and dry, so I, I have an open attitude to it. I, I don't I don't think it's that important. If people want to call the word poetry, that's fine by me. I wouldn't object to it. Monsieur oh, yeah. Revon, a Frenchman in Cork. I've never met you or spoken to you, by the way. Uh, yeah. It's great to see you. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, I had a question. Well, I I read Fragmentation. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's great read, and I'm going to read it again because it's very powerful, and the God of Bones haven't read it yet, and it seems, again, very powerful and I have a question when you read it when you read what I I've heard how do you I'm amazed how do you deal with your emotions because there is philosophy behind it but it's very poignant for yourself how do you deal with the emotions maybe they are already controlled but do you know what I mean it's it's quite impressive uh, read, I have to say. Uh, that's a, it's not a strange question. It's a very good question, but I've never thought about it. But my instinct, my instinctive reaction, as you were asking the question is, uh, I guess the reality is that I, f I don't feel upset by what I'm reading. Uh, because I, uh, well, not because, I don't want to be too rational about this, but there is, I am trying to convey something that I hope people can see the beauty in, even if the story is terrible. Or if people think of things, particular situations as ter terrible, we awfulize. And uh, I appreciate the awfulness of certain situations I write about, but I also appreciate the beauty within them. And that happened with fragmentation. People often used to say to me, how do you cope? How do you cope with your father having dementia and all this kind of stuff? And I say, well, I'm not coping with it uh, because I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying being with my father and this time. I'm enjoying his company. I'm enjoying what he's saying to me. I'm not disturbed by this event. And uh, I'm relaxed about it and I'm not happy about it. I prefer if it was different, but I'm still okay. You know, I accept it. And therefore, the relationship with my father became stronger through that yeah. time mm. rather than weaker. So although I do have very strong feelings about what I write about, uh, they're mixed and there's a lot of positivity in it. So okay. I think that's why I don't crack up. <laughs> Does that uh, does that make sense to you? Well, it makes complete sense, but it means that you 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 come a long way of in your life. I mean, you reached the um, level of being in the moment, even on during the bad times, which most of us, I think, the majority. I, I'm a pharmacist myself, and I deal with. Uh, problems uh, people who have 
who are in their problem, patients with cancer, patients who start their dementia, Alzheimer, Parkinson, all of this, it's always I see the difficulties. I rarely see people able to go over that, to be completely not enjoying, but and you you say not not coping, not enjoying. It's it's in in between. Uh, that in between is very difficult, I think, to reach and to achieve. Well, thanks for saying it is in between because I don't want to come across as cold hearted here. No, no. I, I find that the, the situation is often very upsetting and very difficult, but I also see other aspects too, and I'm looking at it in the round. Uh, I also have the benefit of having been a former, uh, I was a psychiatric nurse in the past. Mm. I was a a social care manager working with the most difficult uh, homeless teenagers. When I say the most difficult, the the ones that nobody would accommodate anymore, no no service would take. We were the last chance saloon. Uh, I'm also a former international political researcher. I have an, an MPhil in international relations, and I've been in a lot of conflict zones. So I've seen all kinds of horrors and things happening. And I grew up in Ireland during the, the euphemistically described troubles, which which came very close to us. And I've you know I've smelt I've smelt burning flesh after bombings and so on. But I always um. I never felt overwhelmed by anything. Uh, maybe I'm just fortunate. Any overwhelming, uh, I think that we need to be overwhelmed now and again in order to get out of a bad situation like run for your life. But once you've run for your life and the adrenaline dies down, you then got to thank your, you, you've got to be thankful for surviving these things. And, and you've got to be thankful for what is still available to us. And here's the important part, though. The important thing is, what I did learn from the Japanese when I lived there was how inextric- inextricably related or connected beauty is with loss. So the Western idea is that the flower is at its most beautiful when it's fully blooming. But the Japanese appreciate it when it's just turning and is beginning to lose its life. Uh, the perishability is the word we use. So something that is perishing has an even more poignant beauty because then it's only then we realize how short-lived the beauty is. And it's that appreciation of the short nature, of the transient nature of beauty that gives a heightened sense of beauty. And what I learned in Japan was that is to heighten our sense of beauty. And that requires a very strong acceptance of loss. And seeing, you begin to see loss as beautiful in itself. And that even death of a loved one, uh, broken, we may be broken hearted uh, with the loss, but we still, uh, we have loved to have lost. So you, you, it's never complete loss. There's always a, a, a hue of beauty around all loss, even the most painful loss. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be concerned. We wouldn't be upset. If you see what I mean. So I hope that helps. But and thank you for the work you do in pharmacy. It's very important work. Bob Morland is Bob Morland still here? When we as poets try to deal with emotion, 
do you find that it is through the writing that you can find that peace? There's my question. Uh, I hope Sebastian is still here. I see him. Yes, 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 Bob. Yes, yes. Why didn't I say that when Sebastian? Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> that is so true. The writing, I, it takes me a long time to write a hymen, a very, very long time. The good news is I can write several at once. So it's not like I wait a year and then I take 50 years to write 50 of them. You know, I might be working on, I'll be always working on multiple hybrid, but they take a long time to contemplate, a long time to form, a long time to edit and edit and edit, a long time to be putting large amounts of it in the bin and nothing comes back out of the bin. And you know the way it works, you're a poet. And um, so I think in all of that, by the time you get to read it, I think you've digested a great deal emotionally and invested a lot emotionally. And I think you're spot on, Bob. And thank you for that. Next time somebody asks me that question, I say, well, I, I'm with Bob Morland. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, great, Bob. Sure. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> does that it, it does help you, Sebastian? I actually thought about it because I, I try to write my own haibun and uh, tough situations. And I'm still in the process, and as I go, it gets easier. So the writing process helps, yeah. Okay. Uh, before I read this, because I'll I'll be ending on this, I just want to say to you, Kim, you've been fabulous so far. And I have high <laughs> hopes, <laughs> high hopes that that will continue. <laughs> but I'd like to thank you personally because uh, you're more than a publisher to me. You've published. Is this the fourth book now? Mm. Yeah. And there's more to come. I just got to say that you've been, I've learned so much from you in the past few years that we've been working together and I can't thank you enough. Well, you're very welcome. And I've actually learned more from you than, than you've learned from me, but it's a wonderful process. And I, I am very moved by the way that your writing has evolved and continues to evolve and to flower, I think would be the only word I could think into depths and heights and almost sort of transcendent transcendence that is it's extra, really extraordinary and hearing you read it hearing the words in your breath in the writers this applies i think to much writing but hearing the words in the author's own breath brings it into a completely new dimension and it, i was i moved to tears hearing some of those pieces and I've read them many times so I thank you for your thanks but it's a wonderful journey that I am enjoying enormously and thank you again Kim and I I, I can't see everybody on screen all at once and I was uh, I, I appreciate every single one of you for coming along and uh, Janice Doppler I see up there I see Pamela Muller I see lots of people a lot of people I don't know and a lot of people I do know but I hope you enjoy the work I do and I certainly enjoy reading so much work coming into the Highburn Journal and other people's work. I There's nothing I like more than reading people's work and it's inspiring to me to do that and I thank you very much. How about I'll read this piece called Lost and then we'll say goodbye. How's that sound? Lost. Breakfast alone, then pack a rucksack. Destination, nowhere in particular. 
On the doorstep, this beautiful stoat, its dead eyes gleaming. Gravel, turn onto the Nina Road, past the floating ballroom. Under black cloud, marsh swans, their whiteness. Onto the motorway, southbound, on the radio, Brexit uncertainty, a coup in Turkey, instability, crisis. Between bogs, the hard highway racing on. Drive onwards and head for small roads, grassy dirt tracks through the burren. Drive until there is no one. Walk west to the coast. Unforgiving, a world of stone, this silence. Hunger, somewhere, everywhere, famine graves. Over distant turlocks, rain threatens. The cry of a bird among rocks, unanswered. Atop a brow of stone, the Atlantic in view. By its brim below, a road winds, nothing in all directions. A cold ocean, empty land, one black hut. Stop to eat, hunger without appetite, this pointless longing, somehow amplified by the fact of breeding, alive in hostility. Downhill, steps heavy and awkward, the air becomes salty, the ground levelling out. Finally, lying prostrate, inching over the cliff. Now I can hear it. In this world, no one knows where I am. Nobody. Thank you to Sean for trusting Poetry Pete with the launch of his book, The God of Bones. Thank you to all of you who came along to support him and the podcast. And thanks to all of you who came along today to listen or watch. Do spread the word of our existence and do come back again and find out what we have for you on our weekly podcasts. They're out every Monday. If you have something you'd like to hear about or someone you'd like to hear from, do email me. I'd love to know and I'll do my best to bring you what you'll enjoy. So until we meet again, keep writing. And check out the show notes for more information on today's podcast. Ciao!